Welcome to Conversations, a podcast featuring conversations about life, theology, scripture, church, and everything in between. Hosted by Genesis Church in Mexico, Missouri. Find out more at www.genesisbegins.com. Welcome to another Conversations podcast, and uh, today I have with me Kate Shaw. She's been with us before, and um, if you missed it, uh, Kate and I, we talked about dealing with your past, and we um, really addressed how to deal with stuff that you did to yourself by your own choice, you know, sins and other issues and but we also talked a little bit about what to do with um uh people who sinned against you who hurt you you know dealing with your past and um and as of as of today that ha- that is our number one uh podcast and so uh, that seemed to touch um uh, a need out there for a lot of folks so uh we're hope that it's helpful and if you did find it helpful be sure and share it uh, just a couple of other things, um, on our pack podcast, be sure and just scroll when you get on it, just scroll down it. I know some of you guys watch this on Facebook, but if you go to the podcast, uh, you can see all the different subjects and, um, like dealing with your past and, um, Sean Lee and I, we talked about dealing with cancer and I mean, you'll see what, there's a bunch of stuff there, but, uh, uh, if you find something that you think is helpful, uh, or was helpful to you or helpful to someone else, be sure and share it. And that we'd appreciate that. Uh, all right. So, uh, Kate Shaw, and, uh, if you missed the first one, Kate Shaw is a part of Genesis church. She's a part of the worship band. She also started a ministry called uplift and she's a wife. She's got three kids. She works full time. She also is good at graphic design. Let's see. Uh, she plays the keyboards. She sings. She, I, I mean, so uh, be honest with you, Kate. Uh, you sound like the Proverbs 31 woman. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's an honor. Thank you for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so because uh, whenever I read the Proverbs 31 woman, I think, man, that woman's busy. But she gets a lot done. That's so true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yes. uh, I mean, she's godly and she's busy. So but anyway, to me, that's who you are. So uh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. And uh, and most importantly, she is a friend of mine. And um uh, I like talking to her and she has a lot to bring to the table and, uh, she is intelligent and a good communicator. So, uh, uh wow. wow. He's bringing out all the compliments uh, man, today. I, man, I must have, I must got in a secret agenda here that I might, I might be crushing you later. Sorry, right, I'll <laughs> so, pay you later. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. So here's what we're doing. We are in a series right now on, um, the purposes of the church and there are five purposes and it's, you know, it's worship, discipleship, evangelism, uh, fellowship and service. And so today we're actually talking about service. Uh, but we're going to lay a, a, a biblical foundation for serving others. And then what we're going to do is we're going to wrestle with some issues that comes along with serving others. And, you know, what about boundaries? What about, you know, serving and helping versus enabling others? And, you know, when should you, I mean, is it okay to say no, <laughs> you know, in serving some people? And 
uh, all, you know, just stuff that people struggle with. And what about bitterness? You know, if you feel like you're serving and nobody else is, you know, and like in your family or at work or at church or whatever, and you kind of get angry about it, well, we're, we're going to talk about all this stuff today. Uh, so hopefully it'll be helpful for you and encouraging. Uh, all right. So, uh, now obviously the Bible has a lot to say about serving and, uh, just some thoughts about that. For example, you know, you were created to serve God. So Jeremiah one five says, before I made you in your mother's womb, I chose you before you were born. I set you apart for a special work. Now <clears throat> that's what God told Jeremiah, but generally speaking, that is true for everyone. Um, you were created, you were born, uh, you have been set apart for a special work. Now that special work may seem small to some people, or it may seem big, but it's a special work, um, uh, because you've been set apart for it. And just, by the way, I mean, I really do think about when people are set apart, uh, some people are set apart to do a ministry that involves two or three people their whole life. I mean, that is their special work, especially if you have, you know, a special needs family member, you know, or something happens with, uh, your spouse and they now take a lot of attention, you know, um, but, uh, you were created to serve. You also, the Bible talks about you were saved to serve God. Second Timothy one, nine, it is he who saved us and chose us for his holy work, not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan long before the world began to show his loving kindness to us through Christ. So uh, you were saved to do something that is a holy work, something that's special, that God has a job for you, and it, it's going to involve serving others in some way. Uh, you also were called to serve, uh, God's calling you to get involved in ministry, to do something useful. Romans 7, 4, as far as the law, to my God's law is concerned, you also have died because you are part of the body of Christ. And now you belong to him who was raised from death in order that we might be useful in the service of God. And so serving others causes us to be useful, but you're, you're, this is what you're called to. And one other biblical thought is that uh, you are commanded to serve God and Okay, so, you know, regarding Jesus in Matthew 20, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. But then if you start looking at all the other verses, where it says, serve one another, encourage one another, support one another, help one another, build each other up, on and on it goes. There's a lot of service language uh, in the Bible. So, so Kate, so when we're talking about the Bible and service, I, I do have a question. Why is it that God would put so much emphasis on his people serving others? I think, at least from my perspective, that when we're focused on service to others, that means that we're focused outwardly um, instead of being focused inwardly. And God has always called his servants to um, to die to self. And so a part of dying to self is being able to focus less on yourself and more on the needs of those around you. So I think that that's a, probably a big part of it. If I had to put those puzzle pieces together. Because, you know, uh, I, I want to, okay. When I first became a believer, okay. I want to tell you, I, I'm an only child. Okay. I have no brothers, or sisters. 
So I didn't have to share anything. I, uh, I had my own room and actually I had a, had two rooms. I had my own room. And wow. then I had, right. And then I had what we called the spoiled. toy room. <laughs> yeah. Spoiled. <laughs> yes. And, but was it, we weren't like wealthy people, but for some reason it was a three bedroom house and nobody was using this third. I've got two. I got two. Yeah. <laughs> I got, all my toys and junk went in there and uh, I had a bedroom with full of stuff. And then that, you know. so, uh, and I want to tell you, um, be honest with you, getting married and having children really revealed how much selfishness there was. Cause man, it was a paradigm shift to start really thinking about others. You know, I mean, I was yeah. already serving, but you know, you can camouflage it. I mean, by that time I was already a Christian and I was trying to grow spiritually and I was, you know, uh, I could, uh, you know, I could serve 30 minutes at church, go do this project with somebody for a day or a weekend or whatever. And then I'd just go back to my little world. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And, and there wasn't really much sacrifice going on at all. And it wasn't that hard to serve. Uh, right. but, uh, but there is a biblical mandate, uh, for Christians to begin serving and to bless other people in some way. And so, um, I mean, it's something that we can't ignore. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, I'm, man, if you're not serving, you're not growing. I mean, that's just the bottom line, you know, because that is definitely one of those evidence, in my opinion, that if you serve as, as a Christian for Christ, for his kingdom, uh, yeah. for his, you know, it's a sign of a uh, spiritual growth. Well, okay, I think so, one, yeah. one word you mentioned real quick is mm -hmm. you mentioned the word sacrificial, um, you know, service and sacrificial service, you know, they're there's a huge difference just in the two. And you mentioned that briefly that, you know, maybe if you went and you, you did something real easy, just, you know, Sunday morning, got your, got your service out of the way, you know, that's totally different than sacrificial service that we're talking about here. Um, because the mark of a believer will be that type of, uh, laying aside your own interests sometimes to take care of others. So I just want to point that out that you said, I thought that was a good point. Well, okay. Um, Okay, so at Genesis, you know, we've been going through the Gospel of Mark, and uh, it has really been hammering us about uh, dying to ourselves, taking up our cross, and following Jesus, you know, and uh, it is not easy to die to yourself, you know, it's not, uh, it's not. and, um, and, uh, uh, and I find it very revealing uh, about Christians and myself when how quickly annoyed I want to say how quickly annoyed I get when I have to serve more than others <laughs> if it, I mean that sounds so wrong <laughs> but uh and I, I just think you know come on man and I'm not talking about in the church I'm just talking about when I'm doing stuff and, and I'm thinking, do I have to do everything around here? You know, is that so you my... were the group, the group project leader in school. <laughs> okay. Yes. That was oh, you. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, it was. And, and in college. And so, uh, you know, no, I'm the, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm still trying to recover. Okay. 
Because I would have people who would show up, you know, and we'd do some paper or project, and it's like, okay, we got an A, but you know, I was eighty percent of that A. You know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. like, okay, whatever. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Uh, so, all right, Kate, for you, when it comes to service, really, uh, say so when I'm saying, okay, let me back up. When I'm talking about service, I, 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 I'm talking about it in the church, and I'm talking about it in the community. I'm talking about it in your family. Uh, even at work, the people you work with. So this is a broad area, you know, the life of the Christian serving people. Um, what motivates you as a Christian to serve the people in your life? Well, I think it comes from my belief that God really does place us in specific places for a specific purpose in our life. And, um, you know, from being somebody that was adopted when I was five and a half months old and spending a lot of time trying to make sense of the purpose of, of what all that, that happened to get me where I am. Um, I, I think that being able to see that I was put somewhere uh, for a purpose and trying to figure out what that purpose is has driven me to, to really draw closer to the Lord and to really figure out what he's wanting in my life. Um, you know, and service doesn't always mean the same for everyone. It could be feeding the hungry, supporting folks that just need somebody on their side, or just being a mom or dad, like you mentioned. Um, but I think anytime we are interacting with people, we're given a chance to approach a situation with a servant heart. And naturally, I am someone that is more servant minded. But everyone should be able to find that place for themselves because there is a, a purpose behind where you're at. Okay. So then let me ask you this. Okay. What would cause some Christians to, uh, okay. Why do some Christians serve and some don't, I mean, what's going on there? Uh, you know, like you have some that, man, I mean, they're all in on this stuff, you know, and they come to the point where, they don't mind being inconvenienced, but there are some, it's like, no, nah, don't bother me, man. <laughs> you know, I think there's a lot of well-meaning Christians out there that just maybe don't know what it means to serve, or they don't know how to serve or where to serve. They might think, oh, well, you know, I'm not cut out to be a missionary in Africa, but the reality is, like we just talked about, there's opportunities for Christians to serve in everyday life. And I try really hard to make every interaction in my life meaningful. Um, that could be paying for the person's coffee behind me. Uh, of course, I have a cross on the back of my van, so people make no mistake, you know, where that came from. Uh, or, you know, it could mean talking to somebody that you don't know for hours, uh, just to be a kind listening ear. Um, it can be on the streets, it can be at Walmart, but we have to be better at recognizing opportunities that God puts in front of us and listening to the Holy Spirit telling us when we have an opportunity to serve someone. Um, secondly, I think there's a lot of people stuck in a very basic, immature place in Christianity. And what I mean by that is just like an infant, you know, these folks are very self-focused. They are not bad people. I've been there 100%. It's just a part of the growth process. Um, God called me to get out of that mode. And honestly, he used others in my life that I watched have a fulfilled life in service to Christ. Um, so it's my observation that where surrendered life is, kingdom service will follow. And it, it's really the job of mature believers to encourage those to service by the life that they live. 
Okay, so <clears throat> two things. Uh, one, to, when you're talking about uh, paying for uh, coffee for people behind you. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, I don't know if you remember this or not. Uh, you did that uh, for for me and I think it was me and Natalie. Uh, Natalie is a five-year-old for those who don't know. And so, uh, uh, but it was through McDonald's. We were going through McDonald's. I, and I didn't even, you know, I mean, your van to me, there's a lot of vans like yours, but the way, I, you know, I see it, I could tell apart is you got that little cross symbol thing. That's whatever, you know, that little design thing on the back. And, uh, and I wasn't paying attention to who was in front of me. And the, when I pulled up to the window, the lady said, uh, Oh no, the, the van in front of you uh, paid for it. And I went really, and I looked up and you're driving off. And then I saw that, that cross. And I thought, look at her, man, just trying to bless somebody. And, uh, uh, so I wish I would have ordered like everything on the menu, you know. Right, exactly. Right. No, uh, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I've been through the coffee shop and done that and ended up with a twenty dollar bill. <laughs> you know, like going, what did they order? But what? okay, have a good, have a blessed day. But man, I think I bought drinks for your whole office. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but um, it's where your heart is that counts on this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just here's what I need you to do. I need you to send me a text every time you're headed to any tri- drive-through. <laughs> and I'll just meet you there and I'll just follow behind you, you know, and I'll just mess with you. All right. So uh, there was a second thing that I was, oh, man, see that rabbit caused that thought to go. Uh, was it on the, the immature phase of Christianity? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I am in a discipleship group where I meet with four other men and we're going through some material called uh, real life discipleship. And it's a little workbook and, uh, in it, uh, we've just finished the section on the five stages of spiritual growth and, uh, the first three stages, uh, do not involve serving at all, uh, because it's an immature stage and, you know, it's like infants and spiritual children and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And the difference between what the author is talking about a spiritual young adult and a spiritual child, uh, and don't think age here, think spiritual maturity. maturity, Right. So, um, is that once they reach spiritual adulthood, they start thinking about others more and they start thinking about making an impact, making an influence, blessing people. I mean, their, their thought has gone from it's about me to it's about others. And, uh, and a person is really not going to serve. A Christian is not going to serve at all or much at all uh, until that happens. And, and until that happens, what happens is, is that I think a lot of Christians, they end up serving for themselves. So I'm going to serve this person because I'm, I'm going to need them later. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's really or recognition or something else. Yeah, some rec- other. Yes. Alternative. And, Right. And there's yeah. some kind of strings attached to the service, you know, uh, but when right. you really get into the whole sacrificial thing, there's no strings attached, uh, which can be strange for some people because, you know, we live in a world where, you know, um, I scratch your back, you scratch mine kind of mentality. Right. Yeah. Right. It's very contradictory to the world. Yeah. Uh, Cause people always think eh, you got an alter- alternative motive here. Um, okay. So all right, let's, let's talk about the people we serve for a little bit. Um, now, when we serve people, we're going to, 
and I, I don't want to just make it so simple that it's too simple, but I want to have two categories here. Those who are grateful and those who are not. Okay. So uh, we are going to serve people who are going to be very thankful, man, they're pre and they're genuine about it, you know, and then there are going to be people who are not grateful. Uh, they may even come across as if they're trying to use you, you know, and take advantage of your servant's heart. So um, how does that affect us at all, if at all, when we're serving others? Um, well, you know, like when I'm interacting with people through Uplift, we, we get a whole different plethora of people, um, you know, coming through our organization. And, um, you know, quite honestly, when people are in crisis mode, they're thinking super short term. Um, and, you know, that's, that's for a lot of reasons and sometimes, and it can be really super overwhelming for people to be in this spot. So, you know, our initial interactions with people, it's really important to not um, take that, that interaction at face value with people, um, give them a chance, give them a chance to, to be served. Um, try not to try to leave out your prior judgments out of the situation because, um, you know, when you're in a crisis situation, it's a very primal place and people get really focused on self-preservation. Um, you know, everyone is different. Sometimes people may deeply desire to improve their situation and just need a little bit of help to get out of a tough spot. Um, others may be totally unaware that they're living in crisis mode because that's all that they know. Um, but they know that deep down there, they're like, something's off. I, there's something not right, you know? Um, and some, like you said, don't really desire to get out of crisis mode at all. They would rather stay there. Um, that's why it's really important to stay connected to the Lord and listen to the promptings of the Holy spirit when you're interacting with people, because I can tell you, um, that helps to, to kind of see, feel out a situation and to know how to handle it because sometimes the answer has to be no. Um, but I think that you still have to approach every person um, with the same love and respect, you know, and, and that shows them something that maybe they haven't seen before. And I would say regardless of the person's background that we're ministering to, God calls us as the servants to look at life from a different perspective, right? Um, you know, as Christians, we have a unique opportunity. We're, we're able to encourage, support, demonstrate to others what it means to look past that crisis mode and look at a bigger picture. And many people that are not in the church community or even some that are have never really looked beyond that, that crisis mode or that, that panic mode. So, um, you know, if our primary focus is to just provide a temporary fix to a really deep issue, then we're not doing much to help folks get out of that self-preservation, which I call it the flesh mode because really what that's what it is. Um, you know, of course, that's easier for us to just say, well, here you go, move along. This is a lot easier for me, you know, but the Christian life's not easy. You, you know that, I know that. Um, every person's not going to respond to this approach. And it's important for every person that we interact with to see sometimes through us that their life has purpose and that they must look outside of their self to discover what that is. So sometimes this can just be described as giving people hope and that's totally free. It is. Um, so how do you, all right, you know, obviously with uplift, you, you, 
you deal with people that are in usually a crisis mode. Um, you know, so how do, how, I'm not saying how does uplift do this, but for you personally, just in your daily life, how do you distinguish between, okay, this God wants me to help this person and God does not want me to help this person. Or does that ever happen? Sometimes it does, but I would say a lot more often than not. Um, sometimes it's a wild throw of the dice, honestly. I mean, I hate to say that, but there, there's, there's going to be situations that, that come to you and, you know, you're going to have to just make a, a split second decision on how you handle it. Um, I think that it's just really important to always focus on your response being in love. And that doesn't always mean giving somebody standing on the street corner, $20. You know, I, I'm reading a book right now called when helping hurts and, you know, it never really dawned on me that it's possible um, that depending on how you help someone, you know, it could, it could actually help them more than hurt them. So definitely being aware of the needs of your community, being aware of, of poverty and what that, what challenges go along with that in your community. Uh, those are all really good things to arm yourself with, because if you approach someone, you know, not knowing anything about those situations, you're more than likely, you know, going to make a mistake from time to time. And there's not, I mean, you're always going to run into that. Nobody's perfect. Nobody can see, you know, through someone's intentions. But I have found that when I interact with people through Uplift, the Lord tells me very loud and clear when someone is someone we really need to focus on. And we do. Um, you know, if we dig, we dig a lot deeper with some clients than others, and it's not anything against the ones we don't, it's just, there's certain situations where we are best fit to serve that person and certain situations where someone else is best fit to serve that person. And so for us, if we're not that person, we try to find the person that is, uh, the better fit for that person to interact with. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things it's situational. It, it, it changes every time. Okay. So when, uh, all right. Uh, for those who don't know, I, so I'm pastor at Genesis church. We don't have a building. And so, uh, we rent the Y MCA here in town and we meet there. So, uh, but when I used to pastor, uh, churches that had a physical location, you know, we had offices there and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, we would get people stopping by throughout the year on a regular basis you know, needing, you know, gas money, food money, uh, hotel for the night or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Cause they're passing through or, uh, or medical help, you know, medical bill kind of help, you know, so, so all that kind of stuff. So, um, and one of the things that we did that was helpful. Okay. So, uh, I have been blessed over the years to uh, actually pastor mostly, uh, multi-staff churches. So, I wasn't the one there. And so we had this rotation thing where we had set up to where, you know, this week or this month, if somebody comes by, you know, so-and-so staff member would, you know, interview them. And so we had an interview process. And so they would come in and, uh, and if it was me, uh, I would sit down with them and I would, uh, just interview them and talk to them and, and hear their story, but not for, not for, to condemn them or judge them or anything. Um, uh, you know, we're talking a, sometimes 30, 45 minutes, an hour long. I mean, we're not talking a, a five minute conversation here. And I just wanted to, I would sit down, try to get to know them and as best I could hear the story. But in there, I would ask, how did you get in this situation? You know, I wanted to see, 
are they learning anything? And I would even ask this, so well, how are you, how are you going to not get back in this situation? And, uh, you know, cause you know, we want to, we want to be helpful, but we want to make sure we are actually helpful, you know? And, um, and there were times, I mean, this, okay, this is, I hate to say what I'm about to say, but I, no, I don't hate what I'm about to say. I, I'm not sure if it's the right thing that I did, but one of the things I would do, I would, I would actually start talking to them as if we're not going to help them. And I wanted to see how they would react. Not me. And I already knew, you know, that we were going to help them because as long as the money's there, if somebody came in, uh, we would usually, I mean, unless there, you know, unless there was something weird, I mean, really weird about it. Uh, we would usually help them 90% of the time. And, uh, but they didn't know that. And, um, and, and it didn't change whether we helped them or not, but it, but it helped me to see where they were in their approach to this help, you know, and, and also to help, uh, with helping them make the next step forward in their own spiritual growth. Cause we would share the gospel. We talked about, about where they are spiritually and about, you know, financial management. Sometimes, sometimes we'd hook them up with people in our church that were good at coaching with finance, very similar to what uplift does, you know, but we just had it a kind of a volunteer thing. And, um, but I always felt awkward and uncomfortable having some of those conversations because I did feel a little manipulative sometimes, you know, and, I, and, but at the same time I was trying to help. And, um, uh, but through it all, I was, I discovered that for me personally, I like to sit down and just talk with them, you know, see where they are and kind of a, almost a holistic kind of approach, you know, and I know uplift does that. So, um, cause you had, you had contacted me about a guy that in our community that you wanted to me to follow up on, you know? And so I did. And, and, um, and I was talking to you and I, re and I made a comment about, uh, yeah, I went over and talked to him, blah, blah. And you said, you went to his house. I went, yeah, well, yeah, I went <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, spent about an hour there, you know, and so, uh, uh, just getting to know the guy and, uh, let's see what's going on with him. And, uh, cause you, you said he had some questions he wanted to talk to a pastor and, uh, I hate doing pastoral counseling over the phone just because I, there's a lot going on yeah. with body language and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, right. um, well, and I think that what you're describing is why an organization like uplift is so valuable to a community. And I don't say that just because I'm part of it, but I say that because, you know, as a pastor, if you're having that conversation with somebody, even if you want to help them, you still have limited resources. You still have limited knowledge of community resources. And, you know, that's putting you in kind of a spot where, you know, you're like, well, I want to help. I want to, but I'm not hundred percent sure how, um, you know, but if there's this like uplift being a, a hub for churches to be able to filter some of those requests through, then we are able to really dive in deep and figure out what do we need to do? What community resources already exist? And how can we get these people on a path forward? And I think that is like the most loving thing that we can do for people that approach us in need is to listen, to um, be somebody to walk with them through some of their struggles. Because to be honest, there's some people that just really just have hit a hard time in their life and they need just help, right? Right, you know, right away. And, and if they get that, then sometimes they'll go along their way and they'll be just fine. But there's other people that, 
that will need a lot more focus, a lot more time uh, than what you even just as a pastor have in 45 minutes, you know, to fix. So, you know, our interactions with Uplift can last for months with people. I mean, the, that's the, the beauty of it that, you know, it, we're really partnering with those people to try to help them get to a sustainable place. So, you know, having partnerships with your church, with local organizations that can be resources for people is such a big deal because it's a community effort. It's a group effort. I mean, I try to think of every person I talk to as what if this person was my son or daughter or brother or sister, you know, I try to think of those people when I first interact with them as like what advice or what links would I go to, to try to make sure that these, that this person has access to, or knows about the things that they need to know about to get out of this situation. So I think that's a good place to start. Okay. So, um, okay. I, w- I want us to spend a little time talking about, uh, becoming bitter in serving others and uh and i find okay so let's talk about let's just take serving and let's place it in the context of marriage or family for a moment all right so you know you have say a wife and okay i'm just okay first of all i'm not talking about me i'm not talking about kate (laughs) i am literally just out of I've been doing this for 30 years. I've done premarital counseling, marriage counseling, post-marital counseling, you know, all, all, all that stuff. And so, uh, uh, th- and, and there is a common issue that has come up in marriages that are struggling. And one of the issues is one of the spouse and just for conversation, we're just going to say it's the wife, uh, the wife feels like she is serving that husband or that marriage much more than the husband is. And somewhere along the way, she starts getting tired and starts feeling used, starts feeling neglected, starts feeling um, bitter and angry that she is the one having to work on the marriage and that working on the marriage is serving that marriage is serving that spouse is what I'm saying. So in this aspect of serving, so what would you say to those out there who are serving in that context or, uh, or something of that context where they're just serving and they are getting bitter towards the people that they're serving? I mean, I think that I see this a lot in ministry in general, I mean, I, I'm sure the, the marriage thing is probably just as common, but I mean, cause you have people, right. And people are the same regardless of where they are, but, right. um, but man, I tell you what in ministry and church, but I, I I'm saying this in, in love, but if you're bitter towards other Christians that aren't living up to your standards or the Bible standards for living or other people in general, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> Um, and the reason I say that is because if you're selflessly serving Christ, then bitterness should not be a part of that. It's so much easier said than done. I realize that, but we got to remember that not all Christians are created to serve in the same capacity. Uh, we might think we know what that should look like, but we honestly don't. Um, I've experienced this with uplift. I mean, for sure. 
it can be frustrating at times to take on more responsibility because others may not. But I mean, I know you've heard this before. I've heard it so many times, often a joke in the church community that 20% of the people do 80% of, or do 100% of the work. And that's, I think you would agree with me that that's a true statement a lot of the times. But I, I would honestly challenge those listening that Matthew verse chapter seven, verse 13 and 14 um, says, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many will enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. So what I ask is, is it possible that we're expecting something from people that may be going through the motions attending church, but don't truly know our savior? Many times I think that's the case. Um, you know, sometimes they could still be those baby Christians we talked about earlier, you know, just not to mature in their faith, you know, and not experiencing that call to, to sacrificial living. Um, you know, should we encourage others to serve as a basic principle of Christian life? Absolutely. Um, but here's my recommendation. If you have a hole to fill in your ministry, or if there's a hole that's not being filled, you know, in, in the things that need done even around your house, ask God to help you fill that gap. I promise you he will. Um, I have done that with uplift and just asked, you know, God, I do not know how to do fundraising. Please bring me somebody that knows how to do fundraising, you know, things like that. And I, you know what? He's been super faithful on that avenue because, you know, sometimes you just got to let go and say, God, you just got to fix this. Cause I, I'm telling you right now, don't try to fill ministry holes yourself or you'll become overwhelmed and doing things for the complete wrong reasons and then you'll be bitter because you're like why am I the only person working and that is not not the way that it should be that's at all uh, you know and when people come to me from time to time they'll say well I, I want to do something but uh I don't I don't know what God wants me to do you know and uh so at Genesis uh during COVID we really didn't push this hardly at all the last time we've offered this course was uh, pre-COVID, but we have a little course that we offer from time to time uh, called SHAPE, S-H-A-P-E, and uh, it's designed to help you see how God has uniquely made you, uh, and that it becomes some indicators of what he would have you to do. You know, you, you kind of discover, okay, am I a hammer? Am I a screwdriver? What, what am I? Am I a saw? <laughs> you, you follow what I'm saying? You know, and so, you know, what kind of tool am I in God's toolbox? And so, uh, and, and, and it just walks you through your spiritual gifting, you know, S-H-A-P-E, spiritual gifting. And, uh, you know, mine is like teaching and, and, and some leadership. Uh, then, you know, you have a heart for ministry, you know, so I realize that when I make an announcement or somebody makes an announcement at church about various ministries, what'll happen is uh, one person will be intrigued by one of the ministry announcements, like, okay, hypothetically. So we make an announcement about senior adult ministry stuff, like a nursing home. And then we have a announcement about youth or something. And we need some help with youth. Well, some people are going to be drawn towards the senior adult thing and don't want to have anything to do with the youth and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Well, that's an indication of your heart. God gives you the desires of your heart, you know, not what you want, but he actually right. will place a desire on your heart for a certain kind of ministry. And so let's let, you know, let's figure out what that is. And then you have certain abilities uh, that, you know, you bring to the table, you know, so whether it's carpentry, computer, singing, graphic design, playing a keyboard, you know, or whatever. And so 
uh, cooking, whatever. Uh, you know, let's take a look at that, that skills you develop. Then your personality. Some people are introverted, extroverted. So, you know, uh, some people deal with flexible, uh, spontaneous stuff quite a bit. Uh, some people need it very rigid, you know, order kind of a thing to it and, uh, your personality and there's a lot of stuff going on there. And then your experience is good, bad, and ugly, you know, whether you've had a past with some type of addiction and you're covered from it, uh, whether you've been through a divorce, you know, or lost somebody to you or, you know, struggle with depression or whatever. So you just kind of take all this stuff spiritual gift, your heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. And when you take a look at who you are through those biblical filters, now all of a sudden you kind of get a clearer picture of how God might want to use you. And, uh, at least that's a good starting point. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. So just Google, if you're listening to this, uh, just Google, you know, shape S H A P E and, uh, Eric Reese R E E S is the guy who wrote the book. And, uh, uh it's where it's, worth uh your you know anybody's read uh if they're interested in that kind of stuff all right so kate um i think we're going to need to wrap it up and uh we're pushing uh about 45 minutes here and uh but um anything else i mean anything else any other issue on the service thing that ministry that you wanted to touch on that we didn't get to well i would just say that believers need to remember something i i know that whenever I was kind of growing in my faith, God started using me once I asked him to start using me. Um, so there's a, there's something that you need to do. And that is to, you know, ask the Lord to use you and ask the Lord to show you how he wants to use you, uh, you know, in your life and, and give that over to him because, that is when the Lord said, oh, okay, you want to be used? And I'm, I did not have any idea how he was going to be using me at all, but he definitely threw some things right in my lap and I stuff that I would never have even thought I would ever have anything to do with or any interest in whatsoever. Um, he gave me a heart for that. And I believe that he will do that to any of his children that come to him, you know, really willing and seeking to do his will. So I think as Christians, we need to to take the time to do that and really figure out what he wants from us in our life. And, you know, the church community can do some things to help as well. Um, being involved in local state and national and international ministry organization, and just encourage the people in your memberships to be involved in those things. Um, you know, knowing the strengths of the people in your congregation, knowing what they bring to the table is really important because sometimes delegation is necessary. Sometimes you have to approach someone directly and they would never have considered and until you say something, you know? So sometimes being really direct is, is really helpful with, with people that are just trying to figure out where God wants them to be. So, um, that would be an encouragement for the churches and, and definitely, um, obviously uplift is a great place to volunteer. If, if, you know, there's any opportunity and you desire to serve people, um, upliftmidmo.org is our website and we have a volunteer application there you can fill out and get to work all right so uh, as we wrap this up i'm gonna i'm gonna reread part of a scripture that uh i read at the very beginning and then i'm gonna read one other okay so uh in matthew 25 verse 35 jesus says for i was hungry and you fed me 
I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. I think one of the things that we need to remember as Christians that when we are serving people, uh, we're serving more than that person. I mean, God takes this very personally. Uh, and I, the only way I can relate this is, okay, so, you know, uh, Pam and I, we have adopted a, well, a five, she's five now, we adopted her a few years ago, and we have her sister who is two in our house, and so we're working on adopting her as well, but, um, okay, so the these five and this two-year-old, these are my children, and I will say that if you serve them and bless them, you are serving me in some way. I mean, you're blessing me because they are connected to me. And I think we need to remember that when we are ministering to the other people, we're actually blessing and ministering to the Lord. I mean, that's how he sees it, if you will. And so keep that in mind when you get tired of serving somebody and when you get tired of blessing people and, you know, and as the Bible, we didn't even get to this. There's this one verse that says, do not grow weary in good deeds. Well, the reason why it says that is because we get tired. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it, it wears you out and uh, doing what God wants you to do and serving others. And so don't grow weary in it uh, because it, 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 you, you'll, you'll feel it. And uh, but just remember who you're really serving and uh, behind that person. So, and then one more verse. <clears throat> All right. This is out of Proverbs 19, 17. This has been a blessing to me over the years. He says, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. So when we bless people, um, uh, specifically the poor, when we're kind to them in whatever form that takes, God sees that as you loaning him something. I mean, if you think about that, I mean, God is taking a loan from me. I mean, God doesn't need anything from me, but that's how he sees it. And, uh, and he rewards that kind of stuff. Uh, so there is something very spiritual, very supernatural, very significant happening when Christians decide I'm going to serve others and I'm going to sacrifice and I am going to do it with joy and I'm going to do it all my life. And I'm just going to love people. And I will say this, when we decide that we actually love our neighbor, when we get to that point where we love them, uh, you know, you will find yourself wanting to serve them. I mean, there's just something about the spirit of God working in our heart that moves us into the direction of being a blessing, serving people. And even if you have very little money and you are poor, God will give you the creativity. He'll give you ideas on how to be a blessing to others. You know, you may not have anything to give them physically, but there's other things you can do uh, in blessing people and serving them. Uh, so anyway, uh, Kate, man, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah. And, uh, man, uh, we're going to have Kate back on a few other, uh, podcasts and, um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, okay. So when this little series is over, um, uh, I think 
when this is actually released, I do believe that this is the last one in the series, I think, and, and of the purpose, uh, the five purposes of the church. And we are going to get into emotional discipleship. And we're going to talk about growing spiritually with our emotions, connecting our emotions with the scripture. And how does that work? You know, we're going to talk about dealing with, well, Kate and I, we're going to talk about um, uh, depression, anxiety. That'll be one that you and I talk about. And uh, the other one Kate and I are going to talk about will be uh, uh, not being so easily offended. You know, the Bible talks about not being offended. And um, uh, I think that'll be a good one because I, I think our culture is easily offended, man. We can just get angry about everything. I mean, offended by everything. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that'll be a good one. And then I got some other folks coming in. We'll be talking about uh, worry and anger and fear and some other stuff. So emotional discipleship. Uh, all right, Kate, uh, any, I'll give you the last word. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's always a pleasure to talk about, you know, biblical topics with you, Jeff. And um, I'm looking forward to the to the series on anxiety and depression, for sure. I think there's a lot of people out there that that, that will really resonate with. So um, be sure to tune in for that one when it comes out. Thank you for listening. This has been Conversations. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to click subscribe and leave us a great review. And to find out more about Genesis Church, please visit www.genesisbegins.com.